December 8th, 2022. This morning's class is dedicated in memory of Jack Feldman, Alav HaShalom, Yaakov Rafael Ben Rose, and in loving memory of Audrey Levy, Ale HaShalom, Hanabat Rachel, by the Levy family. We're in Masechet Sanhedrin and Pegimala Mud Aleph, eight lines from the bottom, in the middle of the line. The Gemara had until now quoted a long beraita. In that beraita, uh, there were mentioned several cases, many cases, where if a person went against one of these violations from the Torah and sinned, they'd be punished not by betin, not with death penalty of arba mitot betin, sekila serefa herig vachenek. Instead, the punishment is mitabide shamaim. They get put to death by heaven. Uh, the Gemara mentioned all of those in the Beraita, and now it's taking time to deliberate and to deal with each one of those looking for the source. So the Gemara is up to the second one over here. It says, How do you know? What's the sourcing? Where do we know uh, that the halacha with regards to a Kohen Tameh, if the Kohen is impure and he ate from Teruma Tehora, even though the Teruma which was taken and given to him, is tehora. It was kept pure. If the Kohen himself is Tameh, and he in turn eats from this Tirumah Tehora, how do you know that he's liable to death penalty? Minalan, says the Gemara de Amar Shemuel, after all, it's a direct question of Shemuel. What's the source in the Torah that will imply or explicitly tell us that if a Kohen who's Tameh eats from Tirumah Tehora, that he gets Mitabideshamaim? Dichtiv, he cites this pasuk from Vayikra Perekafbet, Vishameruet Mishmarti, it's in the context of Tirumah, and Akadosh Baruch Hu, God exclaims and remarks, Make certain that you safeguard that which I tell you to do so, again with regards to Tirumah, meaning don't eat it, Bitumah, Velo Yisu Alav Het, and as a result, you won't incur uh, the penalty of sin. Umetubo ki Halleluhu, and because if you were to sin, there would be mita. The mita over here, of course, is a reference to mita bideshamaim. Says the Gemara, wait a second. What I then understood from your statement, if I was reading between the lines carefully, you told me it was a kohen tameh. The kohen was impure and he ate from tirumah, and you told me specifically tehora. Does that imply that if the tirumah as well is temeah? The Tirumah as well became impure, that the Kohen doesn't get mitabide shamayim. The Gemara is certain that is the implication. Why would that be so? If anything, if they're both Tameh, maybe it's worse. Says the Gemara, my implication over here is that Tehora in. You do get mitabide shamayim when you had Tirumah, which is Tehora. However, Temeah, if the Kohen was Tameh and he as a result was eating from Tirumah, which is Temeah, lo, you don't get mitabide shamayim. Who said? Maybe even when the Tirumah is Temeah, and the Kohen is Tameh, there still would be a mitabide shamayim. Explains the Gemara, De Amar Shemuel Amar Bili Ezer, Minayin le Kohen Tameh she'achal Tirumah Temeah, we have a further statement of Shemuel in the name of Rabbi Eliezer or Rabbi Azar that if a Kohen who is Tameh, who's impure, eats from Tirumah, which is impure, which is Temeah, that he's not Emar, as the Pasuk says, ki They'll die, the continued words in the Pasuk are, again, Mitabideshamaim, ki 
because they will bring about to the Hilul, to taking away from the Kiddushah of the Tirumah, to profaning the Tirumah. Again, the understanding then is that the Tirumah had a sanctity. The Tirumah was Tehora Perat. This comes to exclude Lezo to this Tirumah, Shemehulelet Ve'omedet, which is standing as Teme'ah, which means to say the Pasuk specifically and only warns the Kohen from eating Tirumah when it's Tehora, when it's Kedoshah. And by doing so, he brings forth its Hilul. If the Tirumah was already Teme'ah, the Kohen who's Tameh is not prohibited or at the very least is not punished by mitah bide shamaim if he were to eat from it. Tosafot at the top of the page over here, Dibura Mathil Perat, wonders how would you find a case where a Kohen who's Tameh is eating from Tirumah Tehora? By definition, as soon as he touches the Tirumah to put it into his mouth, uh, well, now that Tirumah becomes Tameah. Tosafot suggests one of two answers. The first answer is maybe someone else pushed it into his mouth. Someone who's Tahor picks up the Tirumah Tehora, pushes it into the Kohen Tameh's mouth. In that case, alternatively suggests Tosafot, it has to do with the ordering of things. In other words, it's specifically where the Tiruma was first Teme'ah, and now the Kohen, who's now Tameh as well, we have a halakha in such a circumstance, we would say, en isur hal al isur. Once there's that isur on the truma, we don't add on to it. However, if the ordering went a bit different, that he's Tameh, that's just his stature, and now by touching it, it becomes Tameh, that's not an isur, which is stepping on top of another Isur, and in the standard circumstance of a, t- a Kohen, who's Tameh, who picks up Tirumah, according to this second answer, even though it's Tehora, and now you'd assume, and it does become Temeah, this still would be a violation and a mitabide shamaim. When all the dust settles, however, the Gemara then provided the source that Kohen Tameh, She'achal Tirumah Temeah, She'achal Tirumah Tehora, is liable to mitabide shamaim. If he, has, if he, in contrast, ate from Tirumah Temeah, there's no mitabide shamayim. Continues the Gemara. Vezar she'achalet ha If a zar, a non-kohen, literally a stranger, ate from terumah, well, that's the kohen's business. It's his, uh, it's, it's his possession. To the extent that it's not just stealing, so to speak, you're liable to mitabide shamayim. Says the Gemara, Amar Rav, zar she'achalet ha loke. Now, of course, we have in the back of our mind that the Beraita listed this as one of the cases of mitabi de shamayim. Rav's statement then is a little startling. Rav says that if a non-Kohen ate from Tirumah, he gets Malkot. Now, don't get me wrong. Malkot is not something easy to get. Nobody wants to be lashed. However, it doesn't have the same severity as what we call mitabi de shamayim, death by heaven. But Rav then is somewhat minimizing the circumstances, uh, or the consequences rather, of a zar she'achal terumah. Instead of saying mitabi de shamayim, his statement is loke, you get malkot. It's a standard mitzvah lo ta'aseh. Amre le rav kahana v'ravaseh le rav. There's a remark from these rabbis to rav. Le mamor bemita. Why don't you instead suggest that the punishment of a zar, a non-kohen, who eats terumah is not just malkot as you suggested, but furthermore, mitabi de shamayim dichtiv. After all, the pasuk says, v'cholzar lo yachal kodesh. The pasuk says that uh, any non-Kohen may not eat Kodesh, and as Rashi explains, the continuation of the Pasuk says, Umetubo 
Ki haleluhu. So the pasuk then, if you're looking on the side of the Gemara, goes as follows. The pasuk says in Vayikra Perek Kafbet Pasuk Yod, Vecholzar lo yochal kodesh, Toshavs kohen v'sachir lo yochal kodesh. And then immediately beforehand in Vayikra, Perek Kafbet again, Pasuk Tet, the pasuk says, V'shamerut mishmarti, V'lo yisu alav het, Umetu bo ki haleluhu. So again, the pasuk then goes like this. First it talks about death penalty, we're calling that mitab shamaim in the context of Tirumah, in Pasuk Tet. Immediately after that, in Pasuk Yod, even though it's not the same issue of eating it betumah, of eating it when it's impure, when you're impure, but the next pasuk then says, V'cholzar lo yochal kodesh. So perhaps we should say, all these are written next to each other. The Torah first says, don't eat the terumah when you're tameh kohen, you'll be punished by mitabideh shamayim. Not only that, says the next pasuk with this vav, which means it's continuing vih, and furthermore, kolzar lo yochal kodesh. Well, what's the punishment, said these rabbis to Rav? The punishment must be just like the last statement, it's mitabideh shamayim. Says Rav in response, but let's read these pesukim carefully again. First pasuk tet v'shameru et mishmarti v'lo yisu alav het again interpreted as kohen tamesha chaltruma tehora. Continues the pasuk umetu boki haleluhu. Those are our key words mitabideh shamaim. But now there's three words at the end. Ani Adonai mekadesham. I am God who sanctifies them. What are those words doing in the middle? Aren't they separating? They end that statement. That was a statement about when it, the Tirumah is eaten by the Kohen Betum'ah. It's concluded with, I am God who sanctified them. The next the Pasuk then starts to talk about others, non-Kohanim. Those words separated from the next Pasuk of Vecholzar lo yochal kodesh. That's the response here in the Gemara. Says Rav back to these rabbis who challenged him, isn't there a mitabi deshamayim for zar she'achal he says, Ani Hashem Those words ended, they stopped in the middle of Pasuk Tet and Pasuk Yod, the issue of death penalty and Ezar Says the Gemara, okay, we understand you're sourcing Rav, but what about how do you square it with our Beraita that we had earlier? Metive, we're responding to Rav with the question from the words of that Beraita. The Beraita said, the following are cases where a person gets mitabideshamaim if they transgressed. One of them was zar ha'ochilata teruma. If a non kohen eats from teruma, it's explicit in the beraita then that a zar she'achalata teruma is not just a love. It's not merely, and again, I'm not taking away from the severity of lashes, but it's not merely lashes as opposed to mitabideshamaim. It's actually punishable by death from heaven. It's explicit in the Beraita, says the Gemara, Matnita, Aderav, Karamit. You're asking a question on Rav from a Beraita or a Mishnah. Don't you know the principle in all of Talmud? Rav, Tanahu, Upalig. The status of Rav, although he's from the time of the Gemara, although he's what we know as a uh, Emora, he's not from the time of the Mishnah, he, and only he, and it's a longer and important conversation to have why he has this status, but he has a separate status than the other Emoraim, rabbis from the time of the Gemara. Generally speaking, if not always, we say rabbis from the time of the Gemara will not disagree with Mishnayot or Beraitot. They'll explain them, they'll deal with them, they'll deliberate and, and, and disagree about their meaning, but they won't disagree. Rav Tanahu upalig. He has the status of a Tana. Tana is a rabbi from the time of the Mishnah. To the extent that 
according to Rav, according to his uh, methodology, he can disagree with Mishnayot Beraitot. So even though explicitly we had this Beraita on the Pegimala Mudalif, which said that Azar Shachalet Atiruma is Bimitabi Deshamayim, Rav disagrees, and the reason again was just explained in the Gemara. Continues the Gemara, Vizar Sheshimesh. How do you know that Azar, a non-Kohen who does Avodah Mikdash, he's Shimesh, he's involved in the Mikdash, in the Avodah, the service, the worship, which is supposed to be done only by Kohanim. If he did so, not only viol- in violation, he's punished by Mitabi Deshamayim, Dichtiv, as the Pasuk says, Vehazar HaKareb Yumat. Pasuk says, if Azar, a non-Kohen, comes close, meaning he's involved in the Avodah, Yumat, he gets put to death, meaning Bideshamayim. Continues the Gemara. How do you know that if it's a Kohen who's Tameh, not eating Terumah as we mentioned earlier, but rather he's Shimesh, he did Avodah Bamikdash, he too gets Mitah Bideshamayim. How do you know? What's your sourcing for that? This is reported in the question that Rav Baravin uh, posed to Rav Yosef. It's explicit. That was his question. He wanted to know, what's the sourcing? How do you know that if a Kohen who is Tameh, who's impure, but did the Avodah, that he gets put to death, here's the Pasuk, the proof text for this, speak to Parashat Emor tells us, Moshe, speak to your brother Aharon and to his sons, They should be like a Nazir, they should be separated from the Kodashim, meaning they should treat them very carefully, with a certain distinction. If they don't do so, says the Pasuk, if they don't do so, they're in violation of They'll profane it, they'll take away from its sanctity. All right, but that didn't tell me a punishment. That just told me the severity. Make sure you talk to the Kohanim. Don't let them bring forth Hilul. At this point, we already know where the Gemara is going. We had the Lashon then in the Pasuk, the wording of Veloye Halelu. If you recall from the Gemara and Amud Aleph, those words are very important words. Says the Gemara, Yalif, and we in turn have a Gezera Shava, which is learnt. It's derived from, again, a tradition where the Torah uses a similar identical word in two places, which teaches us to transfer laws from one to the other. Over here, the Pasuk said, Veloye Halelu. That's milashon hilul, taking out the kedushah. V'yalif hilul hilul mi terumah. We similarly had that word hilul in the context of terumah, right? That was the pasuk we've been dealing with until now in Vaikra perikaf bet pasuk tet. V'shamerut mishmarti v'lo yisu alav chet umetu boki yehaleluhu. So you have the lashon of hilul both by terumah and by a kohen sheshimesh betumah. Ma lehalan bemita, the same way by terumah as we explained earlier in our Gemara today, if they involve themselves with Terumah Temeah, they get Mitabide Shamaim Afkan. So too, as a Kohen Sheshimesh Betumah gets Mita, Bemita Mitabide Shamaim. Ask the Gemara, but wait a second, just as we did in the Gemara on Amud Aleph, Venelaf, why don't we instead learn a Gezera Shava, Hilul Hilul Minotar? Notar, if you recall, is the violation of not eating the Korban in the appropriate time. You left over. Now the Torah explicitly says about Notar, Not mitabideh shamayim, but rather the higher severity of 
karet being cut off, as we discussed in the past, the difference. Over there as well, the Pasuk says, ki et kodesh Adonai hilel. Well, so you have hilul both by notar and by terumah temeah. How come kohen sheshimesh betumah is likened to terumah from this gezerah shava of hilul hilul to tell you that it's punishable by mitah bideshamayim? Maybe instead it should be likened to, from a gezerah shava, this linkage in the pesukim, to notar, which is punishable instead with Karet, Malehalan Karet, Afkan Karet, answers the Gemara similar to what it did in Amud Aleph in a different context, Mistabera, there's Sivara, there's logic to learn it from Tiruma as opposed to from Notar, the Zar Shish, excuse me, the Kohen Sheshimesh Betuma. Mistabera mi Tiruma Havale Lemelaf. It makes more sense, uh, based on our logic, to do a Gezerah Shava from Tiruma Temea instead of a Gezerah Shava from Notar. Why so? Sheken, after all, there are several things that make them similar. Number one, Guf, both in Tameh Sheshimesh, in a Kohen who is Tameh, he's impure and he's doing his, his uh, Avodah in the Mikdash, as well as by Teruma Temeah, you're dealing with the body being impure. Uh, the, the, excuse me, uh, the Kohen, uh, the body of the Kohen in both of those circumstances is Tameh, as opposed to by Notar, has nothing to do with the body of the Kohen. Similarly, along the same lines, they're both dealing with Tameh, is the next word. They're both dealing with issues of Tum'ah. In the first case, it's the Kohen who's Tameh and eating from the Terumah, Tehora. And in the second case, it's the Kohen Tameh, Sheshimesh Mikdash, who's doing the Avodah. Notar, there's no Tum'ah you're dealing with. It's certainly a sin you left over, but it has nothing to do with impurity. Next, Mikveh. The third similarity between these two these two cases is they're both purified through t- mikveh. In both of them, the kohen is tameh, and the way he would purify himself is by immersing himself, by being tobel in the mikveh. As a result, says the Gemara, we have three reasons that don't apply to notar, but do apply to kohen tameh she'achal terumah tehora, much as they do to a kohen tameh she'shimesh b'mikdash. Lastly, says the Gemara, berabim, they're both written, the Pasuk, when it talks about Hilul in Lashon Rabim. You might recall this from the Gemara on the first side on Amud Aleph as well. Uh, by Teruma Teme'ah, excuse me, Tameh She'achal Terumah, the Pasuk says, Ki Haleluhu, that's in Lashon Rabim. Similarly, in our context of the Shimush Betumah, it says, Velo Yehalelu, it's Lashon Rabim. It's in plural. That's in contrast, and as opposed to by by Notar, the Pasuk over there says, Ki et Kodesh Adonai Hilel. It's singular. And as a result, it's a fourth reason to liken Kohen Tameh She'achal Terumah Tehora to a case of Kohen Tameh She'shimesh as opposed to Notar, says the Gemara. But there are similarities to Notar as well. Adraba, quite the opposite. Mi Notar Havale Lemelaf. We should instead learn from Notar, Sheken, after all, Kodesh. First and foremost, both a Kohen Sheshimesh, a Kohen who's involved in the Mikdash, is dealing with a matter of Kodesh, uh, Kodashim, you're eating or you're involving yourself with Korbanot, much as Notar is Kodesh Korbanot, as opposed to, of course, Terumah, which has nothing to do with Kodashim in the Mikdash, but rather the food that a Kohen and only a Kohen can eat. Secondly, Notar is similar to Kohen Tameh Sheshimesh because it's Panim, 
or penim. It has to do with an entrance into the Mikdash. Both of those are problematic and are dealing with situations that are dependent upon a location in the Mikdash. Both a korban, which in turn brings forth notar, as well as, of course, a kohen sheshimesh betumah, as opposed to terumah, has nothing to do with penim, the entrance and inside area of the Mikdash. Third, pigul and notar. Pigul and notar are Code words for Kodashim in general. Pigul, of course, is, as we mentioned yesterday, a reference to a situation where the Kohen, as he's doing his Avodah, has wrongful thoughts with regards to when it's going to be, uh, pres- the procedure will take place. He has a Machshavav Chutzlizmano. That's an Isur of Pigul. It's a problem. It's a sin. That would apply to a Kohen Sheshimesh Betumah and to Notar. Has nothing to do with terumah, and notar, of course, is what we're dealing with. Notar is a situation in which um, it, you're dealing with leaving over. Says the Gemara. As a result, hilul derabim, mihilul derabim adif. The Gemara suggests that the reason, even though we had four reasons to liken the terumah. Uh, to our case of four reasons that they're similar and four reasons as well to say that notar is similar to uh, that reason, the fourth of the first of the that the wording in the Pasuk is written in plural, well, that links most poignantly in the strongest way the first case, which was eaten to the case of the fact that the Torah uses the word in plural in Lashon Rabim, that's the clincher for us. Even though there's a seemingly equal reasons to go in either one of these directions, to Notar for Karet, or to Kohen Tameh She'achal Terumah Tehorah for Mitah Shamaim, we go to the Kohen She'achal Terumah because of the Lashon in the Pasuk, the wording is in plural in both of those two cases. Says the Gemara onward, in the next of these cases mentioned in our Beraita, which are punishable by Mitah Bidei Shamaim, Tevul Yom Sheshimesh. Tevul Yom, you might recall, is a situation where the Kohen was Tameh, but he immersed himself in the in the mikveh, but he hasn't yet waited for nightfall. And the Torah tells us that you need to needs to wait until it's nightfall. If he doesn't, not only is he prohibited to eat from Terumah, if he did so, and not only Terumah, but to do Avodah Bamikdash, if he does so, he's liable to Mitabideshamaim, says the Gemara Minalan. What's my sourcing for this? Detanya, the Benaita, has a statement of BC. How do you know, first and foremost, that if a tvulyom, a person who immersed himself in mikveh that day, but hasn't yet waited for night, if he did avodah in the mikdash, hilel, he's profaned it. It's not a proper avodah. Talmud Omar, the Pasuk says, Kedoshim yehyu lelohehem velo yehalelu. Pasuk says about the Kohanim, they should be kadosh and they shouldn't profane. They shouldn't rid their avodah of kedusha. 
if this pasuk is not talking about the standard case of where the person, the Kohen, is a full-fledged Tameh who did his Avodah in the Mikdash, we already learned that. We learned that from an earlier pasuk of Yinaziru, that the, the Gemara earlier on our page told us they should separate themselves and treat the Avodah properly without Tumah. Well, then why is the pasuk reiterating? It seems redundant, repetitive. It must be teaching us, teach it in the context instead, okay, well that then teaches us that a yom that did the Avodah he's in violation of an Yisur in the Torah, he was he profaned the Avodah, how do you know that he gets punished by death penalty and furthermore says the Gemara the last touch in this Limud goes again of this Pasuk from Terumah, where we're talking about Tameh the same way the Torah says explicitly by Kohen Tameh that he gets punished by Afkan, so too over here, when it's a Tvul Yom, Sheshimesh, Bemitat Continues the Gemara and says, If you recall, if it's a Kohen Hedyot, standard Kohen, who's wearing less than the four garments that he's supposed to be wearing and does the Avodah, or Kohen Gadol, supposed to be wearing eight garments, eight uh, uh, pieces of clothing, and he does the Avodah, that's Mitabideh Shamaim. Minalan, what's the sourcing for this? Amar Bihavau, Amar Bihohanan, Matuba, Mishemeh, Derbi, Laza, Berbi, Shimon. The Pasuk says here that we're citing, Vehagarta Otam Avnet. The Pasuk says that Aharon and his children should be wearing Avnet among the several Begadim. Pasuk says Avnet. But then the Pasuk continues and it says, Vahayeta lahem kehuna. Rashi cites the remainder of the Pasuk or this portion of it. It says, And then they will have kehuna. That seems to imply to us that the clothing is what gives them the kehuna. Their stature and status as a Kohen is specifically and only when they're wearing the, the, the Begadim. Again, the Pasuk says, Make sure that they're wearing the clothing. Then they have the kehuna. The derasha then of the hachamim goes as follows. Bizman shebigdehem alehem when their appropriate and necessary clothing are on them. Kehunatam alehem. They have the stature and status of kehuna. We look at them as a kohen in the mikdash. En bigdehem alehem if they're not wearing the begadim, the four for the kohen idiot, the eight for the kohen gadol, en kehunatam alehem. It's almost as if they're not kohanim. Oh, if they're not kohanim, havul lehu they're then like Israel. They're then non-Kohanim, maybe Levim, and they're doing the Avodah. And earlier we learned, the Pasuk made clear to us, and at the top of the page we understood, if you're not the opinion of Rav, the Beraita told us that if this Kohen who's not wearing his clothing doesn't have the Kehuna in this circumstance as he's doing so, then he's a Zar. The Halacha of Zar Shishimesh is Bemita. Continues the Gemara, Umehusar Kapara Minalan. How do you know if a person is Mehusar Kapara? Again, a Mehusar Kapara is a situation of a Mesora or a Zav, a person who's impure who hasn't yet brought their sacrifices. How do you know that if they, in turn, uh, are involved in Avodah Mikdash, that they're liable to Mitabide Shamaim? Amar Avhuna de Amar Kera Vechiper Alea Hakohen Vetahera. The Pasuk says, and the Kohen will bring forth her kapara, and that will give her tahara. Vetahera miklal shehi temea. 
Now the pasuk then is implying to us that if without the korban, which brings the kapara for a person who has sarat, for a person who's uh, impure, well, the only way they achieve tahara, they may have gone through the process of you know immersion, but they haven't yet brought the korban. They don't just need kapara; they need tahara as well. Miklal and We can derive from that that if the person is a mesora or a zava and they haven't yet brought the korban, they're tameah ve'amarmor. And we know that the principle we saw earlier is if you're a Tameh and you did Avodah Bamikdash, you get Mitah Bideh If this person who hasn't brought a Korban is considered Tameh, they're in turn a Tameh Sheshimesh and they get Mitah Bideh as we derived earlier. How do you know that if a Kohen hasn't uh, cleansed themselves, hasn't cleaned their hands and feet before the Avodah, that they get mitabideh shamayim dikhtiv, as the Pasuk says, bevo'am el ohel mo'ed, the Pasuk says that as they enter the Ohil Mo'ed, they need a wash with water, and then they won't die. Of course, the, we derive from that that if they don't wash with water, they will die. Lastly, for our purposes today, how do I know as well that if a Kohen is drunk, if he's intoxicated during the time of the Avodah, that it's punishable by the Pasuk says that uh, Aharon and his children in Parashat Shemini are warned about becoming intoxicated. If they don't, or rather if they do become intoxicated, the Pasuk says afterwards, Velotamutu, you won't die if you're not intoxicated. Of course, it's an easy inverse. If you are intoxicated, you will die. As a result, that, for our purposes today, is the last on our list with regards to Mitabideh Shamaim sourcing for this Biraita. Of course, the Gemara has ways to go. We have to fill out and finish that list of all circumstances and situations that were mentioned with regards to that if you were to do these things in violation of the Isu from the Torah, you're not just punished, and even though it's terrible with Malkot, you rather get this death penalty from heaven as well. The Gemara will yet deal with the remainder of the list. Baruch Adonai Amen Amen.